Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? What are some things standing in the way of being the best version of you? For a lot of people, life, your past, and sometimes your current situation can cause roadblocks in your life. Mental health is incredibly important, and so many, including myself, can benefit from talking to a professional and working to dismantle those roadblocks. That's why I'm excited to talk to you guys about BetterHelp. BetterHelp knows no two people are the same and will help to assess your personal needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. These incredibly convenient appointments are in a safe and completely private online environment, and you can start chatting with your new therapist in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. You can message with your counselor at any time and get a timely response, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions, which means no driving to an office, no waiting rooms, and no awkward small talk. Just meaningful sessions with experts who specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, family conflict, LGBTQ matters, grief, and so much more. There is truly someone there for everyone. And BetterHelp is committed to finding your perfect match. Which means if you and your counselor don't mesh for whatever reason, they make it easy and free to seek someone new if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And with financial aid available and access worldwide, they truly make it easy for anyone to seek the help they need. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash morning cup. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird morning. We have discussed the crimes of a black widow in the past, but we have yet to talk about the counterpart, a bluebeard. On February 23rd, 1906, a bluebeard was hanged for his crimes after a hardworking investigator finally pieced everything together. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. One letter would change the course of not just a killer's life, but the life of the man who investigated his crimes. One letter written by a Reverend Herman Haas of Wheeling, West Virginia, and delivered to police inspector George Shippey of Chicago 
who would open up an investigation that would connect one man to the murders of more than a dozen women. One man with many, many names. The letter stated that the Reverend recognized a man's photograph that had appeared in a Chicago newspaper and sent the inspector not just that clipping, but a photo of a man whom he suspected killed a woman named Carolyn Hotch in the summer of 1895. Now, the inspector had very little doubt that this man and the man they had in their jail were one and the same. But according to the Reverend's story, that man took his own life in the Ohio River three years prior. So was Johann Otto Hodge a killer ghost? Or was he a highly intelligent and insanely manipulative bluebeard who possibly killed 50 women all over the U.S.? Inspector Shippey, who charged him with swindling so he could keep him in jail, made it his mission to find out. Johann Otto Hotch was born John Schmidt in 1855 in Germany, but immigrated to the U.S. near the 1890s, but not before marrying his first wife, a woman named Christina Ram, who bore him three children before abandoning her in 1887. She was his first and only legal wife. He did something similar to a woman from Austria named Annie Hawk in 1881, who disappeared shortly after the pair came to New York. Her death, though, like most of his victims, was alleged. In fact, Johann, though connected to the disappearance of at least 15 and as many as 50, would be found guilty of only one murder. In New York, according to some sources, he married a servant girl who died just two months later. And when later arrested, it was alleged that he did the same to a woman in Vienna, London, and Paris before his move to the U.S., from there, Johann made his way to Chicago, where he officially added the name Hotch to his aliases. There, he met a woman named Mrs. Hoyle Hotch and died in 1882, again, allegedly. That May, he rented a flat under the name C.A. Myers, got a new wife who died after three weeks together. Not even a month later, Mr. H. Eyrick rented a new flat with a new wife that would die a month later. After her death, the man who seemed to have bad luck with women moved to Milwaukee under the name Dr. James. In 1893, his new wife, Lena Schmidt, lost her life in the same way that the others did. It seemed that, in the small handful of years he lived in the U.S., he had met, married, swindled, and either left or poisoned at least four women, taking their names as new aliases before moving on. And he was only just getting started. Just after Lena Schmidt died, Johann married again, this time to her sister, Clara, who then moved back to Chicago and rented a flat where she met the same fate as her sister. In 1895, he was arrested under the name C.A. Calford and charged for having met, married, and swindled a Mrs. Janet Spencer out of hundreds of dollars. There was also suspicion that he was involved in the abduction of a woman named Holda Stevens, and that he participated in a diamond robbery. Again, all alleged. In April of 1895, a Jacob Huff married a woman named Carolyn Hotch in Wheeling, West Virginia. And though he did not know it at the time, this murder would be one of the biggest pieces of evidence that led to his capture. The reason that letter ended up in George Shippey's hands. Carolyn Hodge fell seriously ill shortly after their wedding, and called to her bedside was Reverend Herman Haas, who watched her husband lovingly administer a medicine potion that he later believed was poison. Carolyn died just a few days later in agony, 
and Jacob cleaned out her $900 bank account, sold her home, collected $2,500 in life insurance, and seemingly walked straight into the Ohio River, leaving behind his watch, a locket, and a suicide note, though no body was ever found. In reality, he swam out to a rowboat that he had previously anchored nearby, got inside, got dressed, and rowed up the river. While all of Wheeling assumed this was a tragic story of a broken-hearted husband, Johan moved back to Chicago, bought a saloon, and picked a new victim. Around this time, not only had Johan piqued the suspicion of Carolyn's reverend, but also Inspector George Shippey, who had started following his trail across the country. But instead of stopping his money-making enterprise, he simply started to kill more often and at a faster rate. He began selecting women from Lonely Hearts ads, meeting, marrying, and poisoning them with arsenic, a poison that was found in most embalming fluid, therefore was unlikely to be traced back to him if a body ever was exhumed. He married Maria Steinbutcher in Chicago in August of 1895, who, just before dying four months later, exclaimed that she had been poisoned. That November, he married Mary Rankin and disappeared with her money the next day. Married Maria Hartsfield in April of 1896 and left with $600 of her money four months later. And married Barbara Brossett that September only to abandon her two days later with close to $2,000. She died shortly thereafter, so affected by her loss. That November, he married Clara Bartell, who died three months later, and Mrs. Henry Bartell died in Baltimore that same year, along with Nanny Clinton Schultz and Henriette Brooks Schultz. 1897 saw the swindling of Julia Dose in Ohio, another woman in New York, while 1898 saw the death of Wilhelmina Hotch of Buffalo, a Mrs. Dots in Chicago, and an arrest that put Johan in jail for a year for selling an already mortgaged furniture, meaning women were, for the moment, safe from his cruelty. He was released in 1899 and almost immediately married and killed a woman in Milwaukee and another in Norfolk, Virginia. From 1900 to 1904, Johan married at least 17 women, at least five of which died, as did one's 15-year-old daughter, and made over $13,000 in stolen money and life insurance policies. At the end of 1904, he met and married a woman named Marie Walker from Chicago. As she lay dying in her bed, her sister Amelia came to say her goodbyes. While there, Johan kissed her and asked her to marry him after her sister's death. Marie died on January 12, 1905, and he married Amelia Fisher three days later on January 15. Unfortunately for him, Amelia was a bit more suspicious of her new husband, and shortly after taking $750 from her, she denounces him as a murderer as well as a swindler. He, of course, leaves her and she calls the police, who inform Inspector Shippey, who then is prompted to send the photograph to every major newspaper in the country. Shortly after he does so, he hears from a landlady in New York named Catherine Kimmerell, who says he looks just like her new tenant, Henry Bartles. Not only that, but that this man had proposed to her after only knowing him for 20 minutes. Sure this was their man, police descended upon Johan and arrested him. At the time of his arrest, police seized a revolver, several wedding rings, and a fountain pen filled with arsenic that he claimed was for his own suicide. Now, something Johan didn't take into consideration 
was that the science of embalming would eventually progress and move past the use of arsenic. So when investigators exhumed his latest wife's body and tested it, they found arsenic that, for the first time, could not have come from embalming. He was charged with bigamy as well as 29 counts of murder, and at 51 years old, was dubbed America's greatest mass murderer. During his trial, Johann whistled, hummed, and sat with a calm demeanor as, due to the evidence, that charge went from 29 counts to one single count of murder. On May 19, 1905, Johann Hotch was found guilty of the murder of Marie Walker and sentenced to death on June 23rd. As he walked up to the gallows on February 23, 1903, he exclaimed, I am done with this world. I have done with everybody. After his death, remains were found in the walls of a house in Chicago where he once resided. The victim count remains unidentified and made it abundantly clear that, to all of those who knew his story, the sad fact that we may never truly know how many women fell victim to this monster. <laughs> 